0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Rise above and be in control with today's business headlines, driven by Volvo Cars
1: here on BFM 89.9 uh, So on today's Breakfast Grill uh, YB Wong Chan was speaking about the uh, establishment of six new standing committees and this is part of the effort to improve parliamentary oversight of executive functions. Uh, essentially I like that phrase that, uh, that was used during the grill, mm-hmm. committees to select <laughs> committees. committees yeah. So plenty of <laughs> committees over there. So mm-hmm. if you want to know more about how uh, the government is trying to improve what's happening there in Parliament, again check that out on the Breakfast Grill. Now uh, speaking about improving oversight uh, a lot of that is required for tabong haji there's a financial scandal uh, that's uh, been uncovered there in recent days or based on the news law, and that is covered in the on the front pages of today's local dailies the new street times headline reads tabong haji paid out dividends illegally the stars headline reads it just doesn't make sense sina harian uh, tabung Haji salah beri hiba. That's uh, ta- Tabung Haji was incorrect in paying dividends, and then Utusan's headline reads: "Cost Haji kekal sembilan reboost So the Hajj costs will remain at nine thousand nine hundred and eighty ringgit. So, um, in short, the crux of the matter is: firstly, Tabung Haji is in a hole by some four billion ringgit. Their liabilities outweigh their assets. Yet. They have been paying dividends even though so they are in a hole by four billion ringgit.
0: That's right. So I think some of the key findings of a key audit on Tabung Haji that was released yesterday, detailing years of financial mismanagement, and the audit was conducted by Price Waterhouse Coopers. And the report was tabled in Parliament by the Minister and PM's Department for Religious Affairs. Uh, we have um, Datuk Sri Dr Mujahid Yusof, and he said he revealed that you know some of the things that there is a hole of four point one billion ringgit, as Han mentioned, and. Um, Looking at this, they've declared dividends though 4.5% and a bonus of 1.75% last year. And according to PwC's findings, this was funded by savings of depositors rather than profits declared.
1: Right. So, you know, the the term Ponzi scheme has been creeping up now because as opposed to generating returns or making your assets sweat to pay out these dividends, you're actually taking these deposits, right, to pay off uh, these dividends. Uh, Right. So, So, that that is a serious, serious concern there. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, this breaches the Tabung Haji Act. That's what makes the payment of these dividends illegal because the Tabong Haji Act prohibits Tabung Haji from paying dividends if it is not profitable.
0: Yeah, and in 2017, it was revealed that uh, Tabung Haji entered into two suspicious transactions to fake their profit numbers and enable it to pay dividends. Uh, one of these, how they did this, one of this was through selling Bank Islam Malaysia shares, where they made a supposed gain of over 500 million ringgit from the sale of these shares in 2017, and they bought back the shares four days later. <laughs> right. So they sold the shares to kind of make a paper gain.
1: Right, okay, just yeah. so they have that line. And that is seen as justification for uh, paying those dividends. Mm-hmm. And then they just buy it right Yeah, back.
0: there's no yeah. cash benefit actually right. when the share, because the shares were bought back.
1: Right. Mm. Uh, so now the dividend income from subsidiaries. So for last year, uh, that stood at about half a billion ringgit. So 510 million ringgit to be more precise. And then PwC's report pointed out that of that uh, half a billion ringgit, only one hundred and twenty five million had been paid out by Tabung Haji subsidiaries. So yeah, th- there's a lot of um uh, shall we say, uh, less than stellar practices being involved yeah. in Tambung Haji. And that's putting it very, very kindly. So they
0: own actually, uh, Tambung Haji is owed still a lot of dividend from their subsidiaries and they haven't paid yet. Mm. Also, I think PwC revealed that uh, changes in Tambong Haji's impairment threshold would uh, actually enable the fund to pay sufficient uh, dividends because it showed that they had profits. But if they had allowed um, to defer this uh, recognition, they had allowed them to defer recognition of impairment. Impairment loss in 2017. Had the original 70% threshold been maintained, an impairment loss of over a billion ringgit would have been recorded. But their threshold was bumped up to 90%, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. If they had maintained it at 70% threshold, Han, they would have an impairment loss of over a billion ringgit in their book.
1: (laughs) Crazy. So now... Even despite all that we've mentioned so far, right? Mm. Joyce, you know, uh, them being in the hole, all the uh, creative accounting, shall we put it that Mm -hmm. way, and then the creative transactions when it comes to those BIMB shares. So despite all that, Mm -hmm. you've got the minister in the prime minister's department, Dr. Sri, Dr. Mujahid, who still maintains that Dividends will be paid to depositors for this year. So now I understand that there is this restructuring plan going on, but the yeah. question is if there's still about four billion ringgit in in, in the hole, yeah. then and if the paying of dividends was illegal, how are they going to be paying those dividends for to depositors for this, 2018 yeah, this yeah. year? Because yeah. the
0: restructuring plan has that kicked off. Yet, right, yeah. right? <laughs> so where are they going to find this money to pay their depositors for 2018? Because if their assets are still lower than liabilities, it's it's illegal for them to pay dividends.
1: Right. So, you know, right after the breakfast grill with uh, YB Wong Chen on his way out, mm. uh, we then asked him that question. We door-stopped him. Yeah, so, yeah we door-stopped him, you know, because uh, old habits die hard, I guess, <laughs> for you, Joyce. Uh, now, so we asked him that question. Now, why him? Because YB Wong Chen is on the PAC, and uh, they are tasked with looking into uh, some of these uh, uh, issues, including that of Tabung Haji. Although, uh, from what we understand, uh, the, the government has not yet referred uh, to the PAC on this matter yet. But even if they do, it could take months for the PAC mm-hmm. to then ultimately recommend uh, that the government charge uh, those involved, right? So alternatively, the, the government can just straight away charge uh, those res- uh, responsible for this debacle at Tabong Haji. Yeah, that yeah. could
0: happen. That's what he's saying. Another mm-hmm. thing was that we asked him, where are you going to find the money to pay this dividends for 2018? Is that one possible way, uh, the MP said, uh, Wang Chen said one possible way would be a grant from the government,
1: right? Grant from the government, or perhaps even borrow uh, to pay dividends. So then it's on it's the it's on the taxpayers. Who then Mm. have to, you know, fork out the money or eventually bear the burden for paying out these dividends? So, but look, I mean, credit where credit is due. I I mean, it's great that in this Malaysia Baru under this new government, uh, we are uncovering all these scandals at these various red uh, files, yeah, red files, and Mm. uh, these GLCs, uh, Glicks, and uh, etc. All all these entities that are supposed to be, you know, uh, taking care of the. um, not just their depositors, but also the well-being, right? Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, the sustainability of their respective mandates. Yeah. And then when you see this, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's hardly surprising anymore, right, given We're the... But still
0: shocking though. Yeah, it, the, the, it the, is. The figure. Sometimes you kind of know something's happening, mismanagement's happening or what, but the figure that's come out right. from this, right, it, and what they've been doing. Han, what I found that was a good takeaway from all of this was that uh, Tabong Haji is going to be put under Bang Negara purview. Mm. So the deposits are... Because currently, Bang Negara does not have... Uh, Oversight over Tabong Haji and the funds there. But right now, with this new restructuring and all that, they're going to be put under Bank Negara supervision. That is good because, actually, did you know that the deposits are fully guaranteed by the government?
1: Ah, what well, good old contingent liabilities once again, right? Mm. Uh, now, on top, or well, uh, as part of the restructuring plan, as part of this turnaround plan for Tabong Haji, uh, there's news of this special purpose vehicle, this SPV, that is going to take over and rehabilitate uh, underperforming assets over their. Uh, what well, that's under the Tabung Haji portfolio currently. Yeah, so, and
0: the assets mm. will be acquired at book value. It'll be interesting to see who buys this. I think the SPV will issue sukuk to raise cash to buy the assets and recover value for the for them over a period of years. So
1: there are more bonds there that have to be taken on in order to salvage or to, to really um, uh, make sure that Tabung Haji is put on the right path mm-hmm, again. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm sure. Well, I dare assume that this will not be the last. Uh, so called red right. file or uh, scandal that we'll uncover. But still, you know, uh, kudos to the regulators and the authorities of the day. You know, hopefully we can get to the bottom of this entire mess. All right. Stay tuned. We'll take a look at the top business stories of the day, including another mess, the story that keeps on giving yeah. more updates on 1MDB. Ah. That's coming up right here on BFM 89.9. It's coming up to 10 minutes till 9am. This is the Morning Run. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in this morning. I'm Tan Han. with me Joyce Go. Um, you know, I know that for many uh, of our regular listeners, uh, they are perhaps taking the day off because it ah, is a okay. public holiday for Slangor, Slangor, right? Yeah. So for those of us poor souls who have to work in KL, uh, well, uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, that's all we can say.
0: And the reason they are off is because it's the birthday of Sultan Slangor. So happy birthday His Royal Highness.
1: That's right. And uh, for I dare assume that some Malaysians might take tomorrow off as well because they'll watch the AFF Suzuki uh, Cup final tonight. tonight Yeah, so Beso MC you know, standard reply oh. <laughs> not that I'm giving you guys any suggestions here alright uh, now Joyce earlier we mentioned the scandal that's going on over there at Tabong Haji mm-hmm. now back to something that's uh, uh, more uh, dated so, so to speak you know, dated we ha- yeah, well, because we've been covering 1MDB for so many years now yeah. so we got more updates here so according to the Malaysian Reserve, they reported today that the government will definitely, definitely pursue legal actions uh, against Goldman Sachs. Why? Due to the uh, IB's involvement in 1MDB.
0: This is definitely news. Uh, so we have the finance minister, Lim Guan Eng confirming this fact to reporters at the Parliament lobby yesterday. And just to recap, Han, Goldman Sachs, everyone knows they gain an above average fee in 1MDB deal, about 600, uh, US million dollars. And, you know, and coming out from this news, it, I guess it, there's no dispute within the Pakatan Harman administration about taking legal action.
1: Yeah. I shouldn't use the word data. I think longstanding, uh, yeah, long, 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 standing It's still very
0: current <laughs> news and yeah. people still want to talk about it. Yeah, Trying to figure out what happens, yeah. what is happening, and what's gonna happen. Yeah,
1: and look, I I dare say there is gonna be plenty more developments on that front. i uh, moving forward as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Joyce, I was in the UK uh, last week, right? Mm-hmm. And I met up with a former Goldman Sachs uh, banker. Ooh. Yeah, you know, so you know, obviously,
0: capable about like the culture. Uh, obviously, and you know, so uh-huh. we had to
1: talk about that, right? Uh-huh. So uh, this individual has now moved on uh, to a sovereign wealth fund. <laughs> yeah, oh. not one MDB, another okay. uh, uh, another sovereign wealth fund. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, also speaking about like what actually happened what's the culture like back then but you know in his area of ib you know even then like you know uh, i asked him how could you guys not know right because yeah. this was right after the, the was G- he there
0: during the time yeah he was he, the, right. there at the time okay. this
1: was the, during the gfc you know mm-hmm. you would think that you're not making money anywhere else but yet this small tiny sovereign wealth fund is giving you 600 million u.s dollars from that one uh, or just a couple some of those deals? Yeah, yeah. some deals right so you know, how could you guys not know and then uh, he talked about basically yeah you know there is that culture there um
0: it deals uh, over compliance as well. has been yeah, shown, yeah. And,
1: and then he obviously mentioned uh, Tim Leisner and whatnot. But then mm-hmm. he, he said, uh, you know, for his segment, they were rather insulated because they were trying to pick up the pieces after the GFC, though. So they're, okay. they're not really uh, related to 1MD. But, but he was scratching his head as well. And I was like, you know, how on earth could this have gone all the way to the top of Goldman Sachs mm-hmm. and then be given the green light, essentially, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. And this story here, we are you know almost a decade later, still playing out, uh, you know, at, at, in the news here. Uh, but still... Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the legal action aside, uh, the, the uh, well, the, at- the Attorney General, mm-hmm. uh, Tommy Thomas, is said to have been tasked to handle the case and try to initiate proceedings. Uh, but I, I think on top of that, it's also you know, um, whether or not ultimately this will restore confidence in uh, not just Malaysia as an investment hub. We have seen those FDI numbers come in, but whether they'll be sustainable in the long run as well, given the broader macro picture out there.
0: Yeah, and you see from the messaging coming up from Golan as an mm. un- company, right? They've, uh, you know, said that, you know, this, what's happening, a lot of it, they've been saying, they've been putting the blame onto rogue employees, right? right? They're just pointing the figure and say, oh, our employees did it, this is not a company thing. So, so far th- this is where the company's is, I mean, the messaging that's been coming out from Goldman. So I think one of these rogue employees is Tim Leisner, Right who are, he has already pleaded guilty to his involvement in 1MDB. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out.
1: Right, you know, so again, a possible definite legal action against Goldman hmm. Sachs on the part Well, from the Malaysian government. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, moving on to some corporate news here. You've got news about uh, uh, Top Glove, right? So, yesterday, news broke that the uh, world's largest natural rubber glove maker was accused of subjecting their migrant workers to forced labor. Force overtime, debt bondage, uh, withheld wages and passport confiscation. But uh, uh, today in the local dailies, there's been a response from yeah. Topglove.
0: So Topglove conceded that some of his workers had breached the overtime limit of 104 hours per month, but Chairman Tan Sri Dr Lim Wee Chai denied that they were forced to do so. So according to Dr Lim, it happened only to a small number of people in certain departments and uh, Top Glove set measures to follow the OT limit stipulated in this. Uh, employment uh, limitation of overtime work regulations 1980 had been implemented on a staggered basis across all Top Glove factories.
1: Mm. Um, so as of now, Top Glove insists that business is still uh, as usual uh, and its supply to the NHS has not been interrupted. Now, uh, in in reference to the debt bondage claim uh, and that's according to the report in the Guardian uh, Topglove responded by uh, by saying that their workers are recruited via approved recruitment agencies listed by the source countries and the <coughs> excuse me recruitment costs are charged by the foreign agents to the workers so it's been outsourced essentially by Top Glove.
0: Mm. and Topglove also said that you know they are not involved in that process and does not deduct workers salaries to pay for recruitment fees on behalf of the agent and uh, they only pay for the processing costs in Malaysia which comprises like levies, stamping and medical examination.
1: Right. So uh, it's not just Top Glove giving their response as well. You've got the uh, Human Resources Minister M. Kula Segren saying that the ministry will take action against employers whose work breaches the limit of overtime work. So now there's a limit of 104 hours per worker per month and uh, you know this complaint actually went all the way up to the Human Resources Ministry.
0: Yeah, and he said that he would not dispute that the issue had occurred at Top Glove in the past, but he stressed that it was never forced OT. So the word here is like it's not forced overtime,
1: right? You know, but still you got the minister weighing in. You know, uh, with regard to the allegations of overworked employees at Top Glove, here's what he had to say. They worked longer hours. There's some evidence to the nature. They have themselves admitted. So, we will take the necessary action. They themselves have admitted that some of the workers have done it. That. But nobody was forced. I mean, the underlying yeah, thing false. must be very clear. Yeah, nobody false. was forced. Actually, it is the other way around. Apparently, the workers want to work. So, now I have told them, you cannot even have workers coming to say, I want to work. Monies were paid. The point is, whether they breached the law. Yes, they breached the law. Again, that was Human Resources Minister uh, M. kula there uh, saying that, well, clarifying, yes, nobody was forced, mm. but still the limit of 104 hours per worker per month, that is still in place. Uh, a small percent, if you could hear uh, um, uh, the background uh, commentary there, <laughs> a small percent, small percent, small uh-huh. percent. Uh, well, so Topglove has admitted that a small percent of their uh, workforce has actually exceeded that 104 hours. So, But they, nobody
0: was forced and yeah, money was paid. That's right, what but, you're saying.
1: But the human Resources Minister is saying that, well, there will be some action taken.
0: Mm, mm. Yeah, interesting. Also, uh, looking at earlier, we were talking about 1MDB, Han. I think there's also news that um, some sources told the Malaysian Reserve that former Prime Minister uh, Razak and ex president of 1MDB, Arukanda Kandasamy, uh, could be charged tomorrow on alleged tampering of 1MDB's final audit report.
1: Ah, uh, yes. Uh, thank you for that. I missed that earlier. All right, but coming up to the 9 a.m. news bulletin, and after that, we have got to take a look at how uh, these. Stocks such as Topglove will fare when markets open. So stay tuned for that right here on BFM 89.9.
0: Keeping you on track for peak business performance with the new Volvo XC40, the expression of innovation. Volvo, made by Sweden. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.